0: this is mindful conversations with Matt and rob and patty and we want to welcome you to this episode 11. patty it's great to have you with us
1: thank you for
0: one last time
1: one last time
0: we will all endure rob being with us for the long haul you can't get rid of me we don't want to get rid of you you're a fun guy to be around i love your laugh And Patty, I love your insight. Definitely. Thank you. You have been, in these seven episodes, you've been a huge value to me as we've had these different conversations on maturity and intimacy. You just keep us balanced. Agreed.
1: I just ask questions.
0: Smart questions. Smart questions. And so as you've been maybe tuning into this series on maturity and intimacy. We are wrapping it up today. Seven episodes in this particular series. Today we're going to finish by talking about self-control. And um, maybe you have enjoyed this series and maybe you have thoughts that you want to share. Rob, what's the email that our listeners could communicate with you specifically?
2: (laughs) mindful conversations one two three at gmail.com there it is so if you get that
0: um, if you have a thought you want to share with us that's the direction that you could focus it and you can also i believe leave comments um, on right now we're on apple or podbean Um, you can also give us a rating Uh, But we would would prefer that you would give us high ratings (laughs) because we have low self-esteem and we like to be, we like to feel good about ourselves. So give us the five star and say something nice to us or about this.
1: Like and share because we're needy. Yep.
0: I'm unashamed to say that. Like and share. You know what? Go to the river. Yeah, we always do. I kind of, in my alter ego, I like to be a DJ. So before we start recording, I always play songs for Patty and Rob. And uh, today we had a couple um, R&B, soulish type of songs and kind of get us in the mood. Nice. Uh, Music is important to my soul. Music is important to life. Yeah. I just enjoy people who are gifted like that. And I told Patty, I said, it's kind of like getting a massage for my soul.
1: Well, actually, I just read a study where they said that playing music you like and happy music in the morning makes your day better.
2: I would agree with that. Have you guys ever heard
0: the studies like you play music to plants and like they grow? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Absolutely. classical music, yeah. you know, things like, like, like that. They like some
1: music better than others.
0: Yeah. We'll have to do a podcast on the benefits of music. That's
2: oh, that idea. would be good. Yeah. You know,
0: something like that. I've got a good friend, Tracy McCarthy. She's a gardener. And I really want to have her in just to pick her brain on the value of doing things like gardening, getting your hands in the earth and yeah um, you know just being able to fully develop as a mature human being by very very creative ways there's lots of ways that we mature and grow and it's great for grounding yeah absolutely um, So today we are discussing having a conversation on self-control we've talked about, um, authority, we've talked about identity, we've talked about self worth in our last episode and today's self control, and we'll be wrapping this up. Um, I want to read this quote from Richard Foster. So, superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or for gifted people but rather for deeper people.
2: Definitely. I love that quote.
0: I think this is really my heart's desire is to be with safe people, safe, meaning they can walk with me and appreciate me regardless of what I present. But that when we say deep, we just mean authentic or really connected to what is true and to have the ability to be with that person in their truth without judgment, criticism, contempt. I see those as functions of maturity. Agreed. You know, deep, the scripture says, calls on to deep. And so when I think about the depth of what God has done in my life, I want to find people that can walk with me and I can walk with them to explore that depth. Yeah. I often say that we live at six inches deep in our relationships, maybe just a little bit beneath the surface, but we don't probe the depths. The iceberg, you know, image comes to mind that 10% of the iceberg is above the surface of the water. 90% of it is submerged under the water, massive piece of ice under the water. And that's the depth that I'm talking about.
1: And it takes time, though, to find that. It takes time to cultivate that.
2: And intentionality. Yeah. Time and intentionality to explore.
1: To build the trust.
2: Yeah. And self-control, one of its purposes is safety. So to experience what you're talking about, Matt, requires... Self-control, self-awareness,
1: self-discipline.
2: I like how we're engaging
0: this topic today from this perspective. Because I could maybe mistake self-control as just a discipline. You know, I just need to behave.
2: Frequently, I think that's how it's marketed or packaged.
0: I've done something wrong. You know, little Johnny, don't jump up on the couch, you know. You know, don't pull your sister's hair. You know, control yourself.
2: Right. More like a do's and don'ts.
0: Don't eat so much ice cream at night like I did last night. Then <laughs> chocolate chip, that's right. <laughs> I don't deviate often. I know that vanilla is your yeah, is. endless possibilities.
2: It's the versatile ice cream.
1: <laughs> it's diverse.
2: Yes. But that's why... The other um, three elements are important. Authority is influence, both positional and relational. You have identity, which is the autobiography, the sum total of experiences. Self-worth, what you consider your value to be. If those are reasonably formatted, congruent, defragmented identity kind of thing, that facilitates self-control
1: that was a really cool connection for me connecting self con- or connecting self-worth and self-control and what you had said in another conversation was that if you have self-worth then it automatically translates to yeah. self-control and how how does that happen
2: it's when you don't have self-worth you participate your decisions Uh, your feelings about self, all, if you will, require some type of attention. In in addictions, it would be medications, some drug, alcohol, whatever. When when you have a sense of worth and respect, your control, the way you treat yourself and others is going to reflect that. And so to me, in particularly in this model, but To me personally, you don't have self-control unless you have a sense of worth. You can be controlled, to Matt's point. You can do the do's and don'ts, but it's not authentic. It doesn't create. It doesn't. It doesn't fulfill the complete purpose of self-control: safety, modeling, uh, predictability, those kind of things that are important. So I can, in a robot, robotic kind of mentality not do this behavior or do this other behavior but authentic in in this model and in my opinion authentic self-control how we act think and feel how we engage how we engage when there's a threat to us i don't retaliate i'm self-controlled those kind of things are a byproduct of maturity if that makes sense yeah, Because think about it, true power, true power is having the ability to crush or to hurt or to, re- or to retaliate, but true power is making the choice not to. That's self-control. And the, what you've just shared is the basis of my
0: ability to be in control is based upon my maturity.
2: I think so.
0: No, I, I, I
2: completely agree. It's, oh, like, it's the first time we've ever agreed on anything. <laughs> Don't let that go to your head. Oh, it's getting bigger. Okay.
0: I think that this is, in terms of this being the metaphor of a journey, like we found a path that we're, we're entering into, a trailhead, we're journeying down this this pathway of maturity. Really, we have to think of this as process.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a video versus a snapshot in time. Yeah. It's, it's a process that I intentionally engage and partner with.
0: So let me go here for a moment. We tend to have more of an addictive personality as human beings.
2: I would think that's more true than not. And so
0: we live, you know, that six inches deep. We live carnally kind of satisfying the lust of our flesh, if you will. And we typically think of self-control, as I mentioned a few moments ago, about what I should and shouldn't do. And I think we get distracted by trying to live a life based on those principles, obedience. Yeah. And I think that completely ignores this concept that we are suggesting a pathway to maturity.
2: That maturity will naturally produce the ability to exercise self-control. Exactly. You might be able able to make the distinctions between pseudo and authentic self-control. Right. Authentic self-control involves the element of me being safe. Um, I'm predictable, so what you see is kind of what you get. Um, It facilitates an understanding that with that predictability that yesterday and tomorrow, I'll I'll be predictable, I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. And when there's a threat to that safety, if you're authentically self-controlled, you respond appropriately. What we see in terms of your point is the pseudo self-control, where I look self-controlled when there's a threat to it, whatever that might be. I don't respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. I don't respond in a mature manner. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of with Patty
0: thinking about how to conceptualize all of the thoughts that we've shared in this series. And I'm kind of wondering how would we conceptualize this in a way that I could know where I'm at in my development or my maturity? How would I know that?
1: Well, personally, the way I know it is that if I have a reaction that somehow slips by my ability to control myself, Mm -hmm. right, then that points to something in me where my self-worth is lacking, Mm -hmm. even if I don't know it's there. So I need to defend myself. So I lash out. Mm -hmm. Right?
0: Okay. Case in point um, we, we've lived at our house for 27 years. It's a, like a 1920 build. And so over the course of, um, the time that we've lived there, we've done work on the home. And I remembered we installed, it was a gravel driveway. And when the girls were young, my two daughters, you know, you can't ride your tricycle and stuff on gravel. It just doesn't work unless you have the big fat tires, which we didn't have. So we went ahead and got an asphalt driveway installed about 22 years ago. And over time, it just, you know, it's 400 some feet of driveway. So it's a big, long driveway, but it just crumbled, you know, over time and just broke apart. And so I just had um, a company put down a, a cap, an inch and a half cap asphalt over the existing driveway. And so we have kind of, in a sense, a brand new driveway, which is really nice but it's very vulnerable because asphalt is soft and it needs about six months to a year to really cure and to harden. And um, so you're trying to protect it from things like you don't park on it. You don't like sit in one spot and like, you know, turn your tires because it puts scruff marks in it or whatever. The edge is particularly vulnerable. And so I get home uh, day before yesterday and um, I noticed that on the edge up by our back sidewalk, there is a piece of the asphalt that is like, it's like uprooted. And I, I notice it and I realize, oh, somebody like a delivery truck has come to the back apron of our driveway and turned around after making a delivery. And they got their tire over the edge of the asphalt and, and reefed on their tire to position themselves to drive out of the driveway. But in doing so, it literally ripped up the skin Mm -hmm. of the... Now, normally, I would get pissed off. And I would lose my ability to regulate. But for some reason, it just is what it is. Yeah. And I was able to notice, hey, there's nothing I can do about it. The driver didn't know what he was doing. He was just trying to get out of my driveway. But I, to Patty's point, I was able to notice where historically I would have gone versus the ability to stay able to not get triggered and become immature
2: in my assessment of what happened. That's the alignment between the situation and the response. Mature individuals have that alignment. It doesn't mean they won't get angry or they're not going to push back or something like that, but it's it's not disproportionate. Your, your response, he didn't do it intentionally or she didn't do it intentionally, it's, it is what it is. Your response aligns with the reality, let's say, mm-hmm. where we get into trouble with self-control is specifically to Patty's point, when we don't have it or we move out of that, that alignment and we put a greater value on and then we don't have the internal resources to respond appropriately.
1: So it's not that you're not getting angry or frustrated because you realize you still have those feelings but you're not calling the company and
0: I thought about it suing
1: them <laughs> to come fix it.
0: I thought about it. And then I convinced myself that would not be profitable or mature. <laughs> I'm yeah, to your point. I'm not going to deny my my emotion or my thought. Right. But I had the ability to regulate it and to steer it. That's self-control can I you like that word. can you maybe rob being that you're a theologian <laughs> a theologian i think it's in the book of galatians chapter 5 the idea or i don't know where it is but the the idea of the fruit of the spirit chapter 5 the last fruit of the spirit is self-control how does that fit with this conversation if we're if we're looking at it through the lens of let's say spirituality in
2: the first century when paul penned galatians there was um and i think they're right there's a number of theologians that that would suggest that unlike our culture where the first thing is the most important in that day and time the last mention of something was the most critical Mm -hmm. and i believe that in this case with galatians because self-control is the basis for all of the other fruits of the Spirit. If you don't have self-control, you don't have those other fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's the connection in my mind. And those other fruits are things like love, joy,
0: peace, patience. Exactly. Kindness. And would it be appropriate to say those are fruits that are matured or developed in me? through the characterological development of who
2: I am as a person. Yeah, that's the intentionality when I develop when I when I am intentional about working with these four elements, the result is maturity, and maturity is a prerequisite for intimacy or unity or community. Mm-hmm. Without that you can't have it, I would suggest. Right? But yeah, definitely. It's through that intentionality, through my relationships with you, Patty, other team members here at Response, all giving permission for people to speak into me, which is another point of how I figure out, oh, I need work in this area. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I have people who are safe who will speak to me. And when they speak to me, they're not speaking to me with hidden agendas or motives or ill intent. They're speaking to me because they're authentically concerned. If I have the maturity and the self-control, I can receive it as such. If I don't, then I'm probably going to retaliate in some form or fashion or another.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's like a ratio. Your ability to be intimate with another is directly rated or related to the ability or your ability or your maturity level. Wait, what am I saying here? There's a ratio here. I can be only as intimate with someone as I am mature.
2: Exactly. There's a correlation. If I am not mature, the intimacy that I have with people, I would suggest is pseudo intimacy. I'm using them for selfish purpose or some other method or means. But maturity doesn't just use people. They value people because they value themselves. right? And... The response is to your point, accordingly or metered. And that's why I think we're struggling in our culture because we're not paying attention to the depth, to the uniqueness, to the um, the the our identities or how we respond to influence or authority. well I, th- I think the <laughs> maybe the simple way to describe
0: my purpose in life is to love well. Yeah. And so my ability to be with another person and to afford them the regard I think they deserve in whatever area the relating is happening is for me to understand who they are, despite their position or their opinion or their persuasion on any particular topic my maturity is going to be best exemplified when I have the ability to re- restrain my judgment based on my immaturity in order to fully be intimate and to know the other
2: person. That's a function of self-control, that restraining judgment, right? Appropriately exhibiting emotion. All of those are functions of maturity, self-control, self-worth, identity, mm-hmm. and an influence. It's it really is. If I simplify it, maturity gives me the ability to seek first to understand before being understood.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mature, mature people have that unique blending where it isn't all about me. That sounds like selflessness versus selfishness. Yeah, it's the it's the intradependence. Um,
0: like I would rather serve versus being served yeah
2: esteeming others and not necessarily myself and maturity would do that without strings right i'm not looking there may be there is always a reciprocal nature to relationships but i'm not pursuing it i'm not using patty for some personal gain or
1: thank you for that (laughs) don't mention it
2: (laughs) I am. You
0: need to go get, me some, go get me some coffee, please.
1: But in maturity, the need for what we're talking about lessens so we can give more freely.
2: Yes. And, and with less strings. It's never an all or nothing. I don't ever like become completely mature. I'm always in the process of maturing. Let's, let's do this. So we gave a little bit of a
0: spiritual perspective, you know, the spirit versus the flesh. What about self-control
2: with early development? The literature is, I would argue, conclusive. Self-control is cultivated or lost in early development. And the literature is um, littered with some version of that poverty uh, um, we know that kids who are growing up in poverty and high stress situations struggle with self-control so from a developmental perspective this concept of self-control is um, woven throughout life or weaved well, yeah, throughout and, life, and let's not lose
0: sight, especially with this perspective on early development, or in this case, let's say poverty, that the inability to self-regulate or be in self-control is directly related to the environment that is fostering a sense of opportunity to be to feel uh, worth or authoritative messages from parents or caregivers or coaches or what have you that are affirming and helping an individual in their growth as a person. Definitely. I mean, I would have to suggest that in these these developmentally um, challenged homes, you probably have an authority figure that's not very mature.
2: Oh, Like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know an exception to that rule. You probably don't have a person that's really mature in that. And so the environment or the milieu is laden with stress and survival and trauma. All of those things have to be dealt with for self-control to be authentically uh, employed.
1: So this follows you into adulthood, but... You can deal with it, learn from it, and eventually achieve levels of maturity?
2: Definitely. I think that's the beauty. I know that's the beauty of human rationale and reason and support and connectedness. It's not a sentence of, I will always be out of control. Okay, I
0: don't want to be like the wet blanket here on the hope that Patty is suggesting that it's possible. But the reality, when you get this stuff rooted early in life... It's like the virus has gotten onto the computer hard drive definitely and you get you get infected early in development early in life that it informs all aspects of your development
2: including self control so
0: to unwind that we're talking
1: la- about the ruts in the brain la- yeah the brain.
0: later in life now you're going to have to find the right environment the right people to help you unwind this in order to find the pathway toward authentic maturity. And that oftentimes can evade us.
2: Definitely. Dr. Jeannie Jensma articulates it. If I'm following this way, we're broken in relationships. We're healed in relationships. So Patty's statement is not negating. I don't think not negating what your point is, The difficulty and the phenomenal challenge of growth and maturity, especially when your family of origin or your early childhood situation compromises Mm -hmm. that.
0: Yeah, we're saying, well, Pete Scazzaro in his third chapter of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality talks about in order to go forward, you have to go back. Yeah, the You, you have to be able to understand the dynamics through a geneogram or something where you look at your family tree, and you identify the tendencies that were passed down from generation to generation, the DNA of
2: your heritage, and how it shaped you or influenced you. The past affects the present, which has implications for the future. Yeah, and it isn't slamming on parents. I wouldn't want our listeners to think we're just slamming on parents because we're all in the same boat, so to speak. But it is about having the maturity to recognize how your parents' personalities, decisions, families has shaped me Mm -hmm. in a mature or immature manner. Mm -hmm. And then, to Patty's point, bringing attention to that as an adult so I can deal with it.
1: So we can break the cycle.
2: Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm
1: with perseverance, persistence.
2: Well, and you know, we
0: all are in the same boat in this, in this category of maturity. We all come from, you don't escape your family of origin unscathed. No, we all have something that has influenced us that we have the opportunity. I love that. Dr. Rob, you said, we're not trying to, this is not a witch hunt to, to blame or to shift responsibility of parents or grandparents. It's only healthy assessment, right? Everything rises and falls on good assessment. I agree. I heard that from somebody. (laughs) Somebody really smart.
1: And it wasn't me.
0: His name is Dr. Rob Cook. He got a PhD and did his dissertation on this material. His dissertation is like 500 pages long. It holds the door open in his office. It's like a little doorstop.
2: And that's the usefulness of it. Bingo. Yep.
0: Well, it is 30 minutes into our podcast already again. I don't want to hurry through the conclusion, but I do want to somehow have some concluding thoughts on how we wrap up this series on maturity and intimacy.
2: Um, How would we want to do that? For me, I would think in terms of encouraging individuals to be intentional about growing. And if you want to do that, then focus on these four elements. Just name those four elements one more time. Authority, identity, self-worth, and Mm self-control. They're fluid and sequential in the maturity process. Mm -hmm. Patty, how about you?
1: what he said <laughs> Yeah, and the truth is I'm still learning yeah I like how this all connects to everything I've learned before and and I love how it's fluid what was the other thing you said the sequential is, and sequential yeah yeah
2: it gives a target you know it helps us to at least make an attempt at figuring out where we are in the maturity process mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm very thankful that as a 55-year-old
0: male, right, married to adult children, I've got a few friends that I enjoy hanging out with like you guys, but I appreciate that I've got space to recognize where I am maturing and what areas are still yet to be matured. Like it's not necessarily a feature of age. Age does not necessarily make you mature and so, therefore, really, at any age, cycle, or stage, you can discover how these four elements can play into your own maturing. Agreed. It takes time. It takes intention. Um, it takes desire and support. And support to you know you you do need a village. You do need a village. And um, so these. These seven episodes, if you're listening to this episode 11, and this is the first time you've heard us, you can always go back and maybe go through the entire seven episodes on this series on maturity. Um, as we conclude, we want to say thanks to Patty Definitely. Uh, for being our special guest over these seven episodes. Well,
1: and thanks for letting me be here. This has been so um, educational for me too. We're I learning together. Yeah,
0: such a valuable insight. Like I said at the beginning of the the podcast, it's so helpful, and we will always strive to have intelligent people, mindful, insightful people like Patty, and that will bring us to our next episode where we're going to have a very special guest. His name is Cliff Berry, and he is um, you'll you'll get to know him more over two or three podcasts as we discuss communication dynamics and specifically how to use clean language, which he is an expert on. And he's done a lot of good tutorial teaching. And um, we want to let you hear the wisdom that he has on communication. I cannot wait to learn from him. Same here. Well, thanks for listening, as always. And we hope that your day goes well, wherever that may lead you. Blessings.